Hi, y'all, and welcome to Five Stripe Final, the only highly distributed audio discussions discussing all things Atlanta United, sponsored by Dirty South Soccer. I'm Jay Sam Jones from Dirty South Soccer. Joe Patrick from Dirty South Soccer is over there. Joe Patrick, say hey. Joe, say hey. Joe? Joe? Joe, say hey. Joe. Joe, God. Joe, where's Joe? Oh, dear God. Oh, what? No, don't start yet. No, why, why are we starting? No, hold on. Joe's not here. Joe. 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 It's an absolute peach from the Paraguayan, Miguel Almiron. Across it, elegant for Garza, backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Well, Joe Patrick is obviously not here, but J. Sam Jones is here. Get excited, guys. Get excited. Just me today. Riding solo. Riding solo on this one. Our Columbus Crew preview to take you in to Wednesday night's game. We're going to do this quick and dirty. Nice and easy. Just going to give you the base stuff you really need to know since uh, Joe is taking a little break. No problem with that at all. No problem with that at all. We miss him, though. We miss him. We wish him well. We hope he gets back to us soon. Come home, Joe. Come home. This one starts at 7.30 on Wednesday night. This one is at Maffrey Stadium up there in Columbus, Ohio. The sparsely populated Maffrey Stadium. The attendance number is way, way down for the crew despite all the hashtags they've been throwing at it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, of course, uh, disappointing to see that kind of thing. And it's disappointing because it's going to make it even tougher for us going up to this one and what's already going to be an extremely tough game. If you want to watch it, you can check it out on Fox Sports South or listen to it on 92.9 The Game, but it is going to be a doozy part of a extremely tough stretch of games for the Five Stripes. We talked about this a little bit on the show before, and we talked about how happy we were just to get away with a point against New York City FC over the weekend. Sometimes points, you got to take them where you can get them, guys. Got to take them where you can get them. Coming in to this one, and with three games left in this five-game stretch, each team is sitting on about an average of 1.74 points per game. And this is a, this is including Orlando at that point. If you take Orlando out of that five-game stretch and look at four out of the five games we have, Coming up, including that NYC FC game, it jumps up to 1.83 points per game. That pace would put these teams third in both conferences. If you're on a 1.83 pace, you're doing pretty darn well for yourself. So this is a really, really difficult stretch. Good news, though, folks, once we get through it, after this five-game stretch, the next five-game stretch comes against teams averaging just 0.96 points per game. That is below one. That would place a team 10th in both conferences the 10 game stretch after we get past this tough stretch so that is after the Dallas game on Independence Day 0.99 points per game over that 10 game stretch and then after that Dallas game only 15 games left those 15 games coming at an average of 1.13 points per game per opponent in that one so things are going to get better but they may get worse before they do that we may have to go backwards to go forwards here, unfortunately. It's going to be a tough one. 
it is going to be a really difficult one because this Columbus Crew team is one of the best in the league and maybe on the verge of moving towards something even bigger and better. The metrics absolutely love them. We will get into that in just a moment. But first, we'll tell you what they've done over the last few games. Going back to May 9th, the crew picked up a one nothing win at home over a surging Philadelphia Union team. Then they stayed at home. A few days later, just beat up on Chicago. Absolutely crushed them in that one, a 3 nothing win where they cruised, then went over to New England, went to Gillette Stadium, got a one nothing win there. Last few games have not been able to pick up a win, but haven't lost either. Columbus went to Sporting Kansas City, even with a one-man deficit. They were down to 10 men after about 40 minutes there. Came away with a nil-nil draw. Columbus then comes back home and gives up their first goal since April, I believe, like the 28th. They did not give up a goal in all of May. Made it all the way through the month without giving up a goal. Get to Maffrey Stadium beginning of June, Saturday on June 2nd. Toronto FC comes in, a Toronto FC team that's been struggling in a big way and got kicked around for about 70 minutes. It was 3-0 very quickly there at Maffrey Stadium. Columbus, though, comes back. Comes back in a big, big way. Scores about three goals in about 20 or so minutes there. An incredible, incredible comeback to come away with a draw. They did actually lose in their U.S. Open Cup game. They lost on penalties. It went all the way to, I think they went all the way to the keepers on that one. Ended up being decided by the keepers as well in that penalty shootout. But it's U.S. Open Cup. Who cares? No one. Not me. Not me. Probably not them either. They then welcomed New York Red Bulls to Matt Free Stadium in Columbus this Saturday. Came away with a 1-1 draw there in a game they absolutely should have won. The expected goals, the, the shot differential, everything pointing towards a Columbus win. Sometimes, you know, you just don't catch a break. And sometimes you start looking at New York Red Bulls and go, oh, what's happening with them? They've kind of broken down since they came to Atlanta a few weeks ago. Struggling right now, Columbus, though, cruising in a big way. Their last loss came on April 14th against D.C. United. Yes, let that one seek in for a second. D.C. United, folks. D.C. United. So a little, the, 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 the red and black bug sneaking up on Columbus like they did with us last year. Uh, like we said, they didn't give up a single goal in May, though. They recovered in a big way. Uh, allowed two goals just three times in their 16 games. Uh, teams just unable to score against this Columbus team almost all the time. And, and looking at the metrics, looking at what's expected of them, they're getting everything they, they, they put out, essentially. Uh, with their expected goals allowed, it's right at 13.9. So the expected goals they were projected to give up based on the chances they've allowed is right at about 13.9 for the season. Their actual expected goals against, 14. So the metric's working out perfectly there. Perfectly there. That 14 goals allowed ties them for first with Dallas and Sporting Kansas City as the best defense in the league. They've played two more games than Dallas, one more game than Sporting Kansas City, but still a very impressive defense for them. Offensively, it drops off just a little bit. 22 goals for that puts them 11th in the league and a lot of their production coming from one guy. We will get to him in a moment because his resurgence has been absolutely 
stunning, completely unexpected, total crap. I don't know. It's real weird, but he's been really, really good. I think you may know who we're talking about. We'll get to him in a little bit, though. But all things considered for Columbus, seven wins, six draws, three losses on the year. That places them third in the East, fifth in the Supporter Shield standings with 27 points through 16 games. That 1.69 points per game is good enough for eighth in the league. Now, we haven't seen Columbus this year. We did see them in Charleston for the Carolina Conference Challenge Carabas Cup, whatever the heck that was. I can't remember the name of it right now. We got thumped. We got absolutely thumped. I did not look up the score, but it's just hitting me that we got ran out the dang building. So maybe you were thinking uh, it was better the last time we saw them in a game that mattered. No, 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 it wasn't. You know it happened. We don't want to talk about it. We do not want to talk about it at all. Like we said, the metrics love Columbus. Their 12.5 expected goal differential is the best in the league. So based on the chances they're allowing and getting, they have the best disparity of any team in the league. Now right behind them, Atlanta United, 9.5 expected goal differential. But still, that's a three-goal gap in that goal differential, that expected goal differential, which is extremely impressive. Columbus far and away the leader in that category. 3.9 expected goals allowed is best in the league. We talked about that a little bit. It's equal to their actual goals allowed, so the metrics paying off in a big way there. Their 25.9 expected goals for is fourth in the league, so they're creating about the fourth best chances in the league on the season. Their actual results not quite reflecting that, about a 3.9 goal difference between their actual goals for and their expected goals for, so there's a chance they could be performing even better at an even higher level at some point here in the season if they begin to regress or progress, rather, back to what their expected goals are saying they should be getting out of these games, which is a scary thought because they're a very good team. They're extremely, extremely talented. And if you look at the goal differential minus the expected goal differential, so what they should be getting out of it, essentially, if you look at that, they're down with some teams who have not been good at all this year, really. Toronto is very, very low in this category. Philadelphia, very low. Montreal, below Columbus as well. And then right above them, Seattle, Colorado, Vancouver. So sandwiched, it's, it's a crap sandwich there, y'all. It's a crap sandwich. Uh, but it just kind of shows that Columbus has been somewhat underperforming according to what the statistics are showing right now. And again, that's a scary, scary thought this team could continue to to morph into an even scarier Voltron at some point here, which is frightening, and you just kind of hope it doesn't happen Wednesday. Now, looking at the system for Columbus, Tata absolutely loves them. That's, that's something that really should be noted here is that Tata's favorite team is Columbus. He loves them, and he loves Sporting Kansas City, and he mentions it all the time. He, he really seems to be infatuated with the fact that they play a well-defined, well-oriented system. You know exactly what they're going to get. Their directions are clear, and they, they play to their strengths. They play to their strengths, and he talks about it a lot. If you ever ask him what he likes about MLS, the teams he likes in MLS, Sporting Kansas City, Columbus, every single time. 
from Tata. And it makes a lot of sense in that it's a lot of the same aspects that Tata really likes to see from his teams. Columbus is fourth in pass completion and fourth in possession on the year that's in the league. And they're running it out of a 4-2-3-1, which, of course, we know Tata is, is partial to. However, we haven't seen it much this year. We've talked about it a million times. Now, it's expansive possession. It's a very wide, spread-the-field kind of possession style. Lots of short passes, and they don't really press a whole lot, which is the main difference between what you would see in our optimized 4-2-3-1 and theirs. They're not really going to come up and try to force too much. They will press a little bit. It's not crazy, though. They're pressing the space more than anything rather than the person on the ball. They aren't going to run you out of the building is the bottom line. They spend a lot of time in the midfield, though, when they do have the ball. Nearly 50% of the possession that they have is coming in the middle of the field. So lots of just patient circulating the ball, moving it back and forth, and waiting to pick out their spots. And when they're picking their spots, they're finding one guy. They're finding one guy almost exclusively. And before this season, before things started and we were kind of taking stock of what we thought would happen in the league this year, we looked at Columbus, and I say we, Joe's not here, it's me. I looked at Columbus, I looked at Columbus and thought they were going to take a big step backwards. And for good reason, for good reason, I know, you, I know that some of my predictions haven't panned out. Vancouver is not winning the league because they're tall, unfortunately. I really talked myself into that one. That was dumb. Shouldn't have done that. But I, I was a little more seriously convinced that Columbus was going to struggle. And here's the reason why. They lose Justin Merrim. He goes to Orlando. He was losing 14 goals and six assists out of Justin Merrim. They also ship off, ship off Ola Kamara to Los Angeles, the Galaxy edition. 19 goals and four assists gone. So after you look at Federico Iguain, who had about 10 goals last year, he stays with the team. You look to the next available prospect to feel to fill those the scoring gaps from last year and you get all the way down to Josh Williams who was a defender who started in 19 games who had three goals one way or another that was your second leading score coming into this year and the reason why because Yossi Zardes was terrible he was awful last year two goals two assists and that's only a slight improvement from the year before that where he had six goals on the season, a few more assists, and the year before that, he had seven. Did you really expect him to come in and fill what is essentially a 33-goal, 10-assist gap? And guess what? He's done it. He's done it. It's insane. It makes no sense. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Nothing matters anymore. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It most likely has to do with the fact that he's been placed up top in this 4-2-3-1 system that's been executed so well. He's just getting a lot more opportunities, I guess. And it helps that he's not playing with, with the, the decrepit Los Angeles Galaxy who can barely get Zlatan to score at this point. They're starting to figure that out. But, man, you, you can't blame Yasi too much for struggling with that, when he's shown that when he's got a decent team behind him, 
He's doing big things. So far on the season 10 goals, that is second in the Golden Boot race, of course, behind Joseph Martinez, who is 13 now on the season. But he has been absolutely phenomenal. Now, expectedly, Federico Higuain, it, <laughs> wow. Federico Higuain has been decent as well. Four goals, five assists for him on the year. But those are your only two players for Columbus that have really contributed offensively. After you get past Iguain with four, Cesardes 10, Iguain four, you have seven just random dudes with one goal apiece. One goal. That's it. That's it. So you slow down essentially two guys. You slow down Columbus is the amazing thing. Now, are you going to score on them? That's the big question. It's very, very difficult to get past them. And there's not really a, a bunch of standout guys defensively for them. It's a whole bunch of players who are solid sevens is what you would call it, I guess. They're, they're decent. They're not great. But they're never really bad either. You have a whole bunch of really steady, consistent guys. And that's huge. That's huge for them. It's, it's what they live off of. It's why it's so difficult to go out and, and score against them because they're just not making mistakes ever, 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 ever. Looking at the way they set up, of course, you got that 4-2-3-1. It's Lalas Abubakar and Jonathan Minza at center back. They've probably been the two highest performing defenders just from a statistical standpoint in that holding two. You have Will Trapp and Artur playing as the two defensive midfielders most of the time. Uh, moving on up the line, Higuain is your 10. You move Pedro Santos on the left wing while Christian Martinez takes the right. Uh, and then, of course, you have Zardes up top. Also helping them out in a big way to go along with Harrison Offal and Milton Valenzuela at the fullback position. You have, yeah, that guy, Zach Steffen, who is, of course, known for, for owning Atlanta United in that playoff game. Uh, it feels like years back, a few months back, I guess it was. But Stefan, of course, put on an absolute show in Atlanta. He's kept that up for the most part this year as well. And then the other day for the national team against France, who very well could win the World Cup going into this one if they start to click here anytime soon with all the talent they have, he put on a show there as well over in France. Kept them to one goal and led the United States to a 1-1 draw unexpectedly as they played a whole bunch of, of random kind of scrubs, honestly. And I know that, and I don't even really follow the national team. Sorry. Someone, someone will at me about that later from Stars and Stripes FC, I'm sure. I'm sure, but guess what? I don't care. All we really care about at this point is that Zach Steffen was extremely talented. We're expecting him to be back as well. No more games for the USMNT. He should be ready to go on Wednesday. If not, that could be a big win and a big moment for Atlanta United to not see him on the team sheet. There's just no weak links, though, in this Columbus team. It's hard to break through. Like we said, they're well-drilled, and that's why Tata loves them. That's why Tata loves them, and that's why this one is going to be very, very difficult. Now, looking at us, there's always that big, big question, isn't there? That looming question that we have maybe talked about more than any other Atlanta United media-related outlet in existence right now is do we go 3-5-2 or do we go back 
to the 4-2-3-1. The issue right now, I think, is just Tata doesn't feel like he has the personnel right now to, to go into it. And it doesn't look like it's going to get much better. Uh, Tito will likely be available. He said, Tata said today that he was available for NYCFC. He just wasn't included on the bench. Be interesting to see if he at least makes the 18. I'd have to imagine he does as long as he doesn't tweak anything in the next couple of days, knock on wood. Uh, Miguel Almiron may not be available either. He's questionable at this point. Uh, No real hint from Tata on that one, but they're not expecting him to be out too long. He picked up a little bit of a knock on his shoulder in the NYCFC game. Uh, Chris McCann will also be unavailable. He has a hamstring injury. He's listed his day-to-day, though. Shouldn't be out too much longer, but still just another blow to the available personnel for Tata Martino and the five stripes. So what do you do? What do you do? You likely see the 3-5-2 once again, once again. Uh, If Miggy's out, who knows what happens? You possibly move Barco up. I'd imagine Kevin Kratz comes in. Something of that nature, essentially, um, in the 3-5-2. It's just going to be interesting. It's just going to be interesting. Um, This is a team, though, that you can – it's not NYCFC at Yankee Stadium. You can likely sit back a little bit and and try to hit them on the counter. You don't need to press them out of the building, uh, which we failed to do against NYCFC. Interesting decision from Tata that we talked about in our our review – show of our post-game show, whatever you want to call it, where we went to 3-5-2 and set back a little bit instead of going right at them. And again, that may just come down to the personnel. Tata doesn't think they have it in them right now. So we'll see. We'll see. I would imagine 3-5-2. Uh, I would imagine that we see a little bit of Tito. I feel I have no basis for this gut feeling. Miggy maybe doesn't start. If he does, great. If he doesn't, who knows what happens. Who knows what happens? It may be a preview for the summer. Sorry, guys. Get used to it. Get used to it. Uh, Seems like Atlanta United is already preparing to replace Miggy as soon as possible whenever he leaves this summer. More and more reports coming out just about different players popping up on the Atlanta United radar to fill that role. And good players at the very least, but maybe not Miggy. Maybe not our Miggy, but you may have to prepare for that. You may have to prepare for that. You may have to prepare for a loss here as well. Going to go ahead and give you a prediction for this one. I don't think we come out on top in this one. I don't think. I think that this one is a game that just doesn't go our way, and we continue a bad run of form. We haven't looked great lately. We haven't looked great. So move this one to just kind of the bottom of the pile and and, and maybe forget about it. I'm going to say this one's a 2-1 loss. A 2-1 loss in this one. That's just a guess, though. We'll see. We'll see. Again, this is the toughest stretch of the year. Just make it through this one, guys. Stay strong and make it through. Everything is going to be okay. Joe, anything to add? No, he doesn't have anything to add. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. All right. That'll do it here from Five Stripe Final. We will be back with a full cast and crew on probably Thursday sometime. We'll have your post-game review of this Columbus game, and then we get a little bit of a break. 
a little bit of a break, about a 10-day break before Portland comes to town. We'll be live from the bins reporting on that one. That'll do it here for Five Stripe Final. Back with you soon. Five Stripes, hopefully winning. 7.30, Wednesday night, Fox Sports South, 92.9 the game as well up at Matthew Stadium in Columbus. I'm Jason Jones from Dirty South Soccer. Check out the site. Check out us on Twitter at Five Stripe Final, at J underscore Sam Jones, at J.A. Patrick 200, and at Dirty South Soccer. Of course, check out Dirty South Soccer as well for all here at Atlanta United news and needs. Gotta do it. Bye, y'all. The buff guys ain't the only game in town. Columbus crew, sing it loud. They going all out, let's make them proud. Yellow and black, gotta give them props. Another give and go, can't miss the shot. Let them know the crew just can't be stopped.